What is up, P7 family? Thank you so much for joining us for this P7 podcast. We're excited that you're here hanging out with us. The goal of this podcast is to, yes, inform you. We want to bring things that you can do in your P7 club to grow your P7 club or perhaps grow you as a leader. But ultimately, we want to inspire you through God's word because we know through his word and his spirit, we can be transformed. So grab a pen, grab some paper, or grab your phone and open up the notes section. Write some things down. We know that it's going to help you. Let's dive in. You guys, I, I can't tell you how proud I am uh, to, to be friends with Imani Nangoma. This guy is the real deal. Um, <clears throat> P7 leader in high school, campus ministry uh, leader in college, at 20 years old, youth president of the Ontario district. This, is, this guy is the real deal. And um, he is, he is um, looked highly on by his district, and I count it a joy and honor to be his friend. So uh, he, he's doing this awesome. So tell, I, I repeat what he said. Tell all your friends. Uh, <clears throat> put it on your Instagram stories. Tag us. We want to see you every month. We want this to be something that's um, a blessing to you guys. <clears throat> so um, if I could just take 30 seconds and just be a little bit selfish, um, I would appreciate all of your prayers. Tomorrow morning, my daughter is, uh, she's 16 months old. She's going into open heart surgery in the morning, bright and early in the morning, seven o'clock in the morning. And I would appreciate all of your prayers tomorrow. Her name is Elsie. And if you could just do me a favor, put it in your phone. Um, and, and around 7 a.m. in the morning, central time, she's going into surgery. She'll be in surgery for many hours. So if you think about it tomorrow, just cover her in prayer. We serve a big, great God, and I believe that God can do anything, and he's in charge. So keep her in your prayers tomorrow. But for you guys tonight, <clears throat> let me just tell you, um, I'm excited uh, for something that the Lord has put in my heart. Um, any, any Packer fans, any Green Bay Packer fans, any football fans? I see a couple. I see, okay, no, no Packer fans. All right, <clears throat> that's okay. Either, either way. Uh, if you're a, if you're a football fan, you've heard of the Green Bay Packers. Um, Green Bay is one of the uh, NFL meccas. Uh, a lot of people come from all over the United States and even parts of Canada to, to come to Green Bay and check out uh, the Lambeau Field. The stadium is incredible. I'm not going to bore you with all of the all of the details, but so there's a few things that I want to parallel tonight using Lambeau Field. Um, when, when I think about football in Wisconsin, you have football uh, games that are happening, um, you know, in, in 10 degrees, in, uh, you know, 10 below, and it's, it's, it's wild. They play in the snow. They play in the sleet. Uh, it's not like playing in Dallas. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you that. There's a lot thicker skin here in Wisconsin. <clears throat> but one of, the, one of the things that's interesting about the field that they play on is how it's constructed. Um, when I when I uh, I went and took a, um, a a tour of Lambeau Field um, last week, and or I'm sorry, uh, last year is at the towards the end of last year, um, but it, it gets cold, and so they have to really take care of how uh, how they take how they take care of the the field is very important. Um, for how they're playing on the field. As, as you know, especially in parts of Canada, uh, when you, uh, 
you know, when it's winter time, you're not growing anything in the, uh, in the grass. Okay. Um, but how they take care of the grass is important. First of all, there's a foundation. Uh, it's the, the construction of this field began, uh, you know, below the, the grass level. And so it is, they use um, a, a clay, a very nice clay that's uh, built way below the surface. The second thing uh, in Lambeau Field, the contractors installed five and a half inches of pea gravel above that and 43 miles of three-fourth inch tubing, which provides an underground heating system that can maintain a temperature at the root level of 55 degrees in the middle of winter. So this is how they play games in, in December and January. Thirdly, they uh, on, on the surface level, this is really where the durability of the grass is tested. So into the Kentucky bluegrass, they have huge machines that stitch together synthetic fibers inside the, the Kentucky bluegrass, and it makes up about approximately 3% of the overall grass. But what these synthetic fibers do is they're stitched together. And so when you take a 300 pound linebacker and they, if they fall on the ground, normally what happens is the grass comes out, but because of the synthetic fibers, the whole grass goes and it comes back in place because they're stitched together. So fourthly, and the last thing, so you live in Wisconsin, grass doesn't grow in January. Those, those of you that live uh, down South, you may be wondering what, you know, what's the big deal? Grass grows pretty much all year round here. It doesn't happen like that in, in uh, Wisconsin, in, in the North, in Canada, grass dies in the winter. But in Wisconsin at Lambeau Field, they put something called grow lights on top of the grass. And there are these massive lights that sit over the grass and they trick the grass into thinking that it's actually lighter out than it is, that it's actually warmer out than it is. And so it doesn't make sense for grass to grow in January in Wisconsin, but guess what? It can grow, okay? And I was, as I was walking uh, up to the field, the tour guide said something that absolutely shook me. He said, you can go a third of a mile uh, outside of Lambeau Field, outside of this, this field right here, the grass is gonna be dead, lifeless, and there's gonna be no life out there because that's what's natural. But inside, because of how we take care of the grass, it's going to be green, it's going to be luscious, and it can grow. So let me tell you something tonight, under the power of the Holy Ghost, it, you do not have to look like your surroundings. I'm going to say that again. You do not have to look like your surroundings. You can grow. It may be normal to for all all of your friends at school to smoke weed it may be normal for everyone to vape between classes but you don't have to look like your surroundings you can grow it may be normal for you to walk into a youth service and it's dull dead boring lifeless but you don't have to look like your surroundings you can grow you can decide you know what i'm gonna lift my hands tonight I'm going to dance tonight. I'm going to worship tonight. I'm going to do this. It may be normal in, in your youth group for everyone to say, you know what? I'm not really all about that P7 thing, but you don't have to look like your surroundings. You can be different. 
You may be plagued with depression tonight. You may be plagued with anxiety tonight. Depression may be flooding your life. The storms of life may be all around you, but you don't have to look like your surroundings. You can be in the middle of a storm and you can grow. I know a God that gives peace that doesn't make sense. I know a God that gives joy that doesn't make sense. My God is here on this call. Guess what? He can set you free. He can deliver. He can heal you. This is a day and age where every, everything pretty much is celebrated. Being different in any sort of way is celebrated. When I talk about having a foundation, we talk about that, that subgrade level, that clay that's down there on that Lambeau field. That was crucial. If they used the wrong soil, the ground would deteriorate. This is a day and age where your foundation, it matters. Your apostolic identity, it matters. How you're baptized, it matters. Your understanding of the oneness of God, it matters. Your foundation absolutely matters. Uh, I, I live in a city called Appleton, Wisconsin, um, and the Appleton School District is very liberal. And one of the schools recently removed all dress codes, completely removed all dress codes because they, quote, didn't want to inhibit student creativity. So the result is um, we got people walking in in cat tails and cat ears. And uh, there's a thing called furries where people identify sexually as, a, as an animal. And it's, it, this is the, the culture that is evolved in. Okay. So in a day and age where anything really is celebrated, let's celebrate being apostolic. Let's celebrate being apostolic. It's okay to be a oneness apostolic. It's okay to say I'm different than the world. It's okay to say, hey, I'm, I'm not going to that party because there's alcohol there. If alcohol's at the party, I'm not there. It's okay to be a little bit different. You've got to have a foundation. Being apostolic, sometimes I think we try to overcomplicate it. I think we try to overexplain it. Um, but being apostolic simply means believing, obeying, and teaching the same things that the apostles taught. That's all. That's all. It's pretty simple, right? Some, th throughout the course of history, there have been some key doctrines that were changed, not by God, but by people. And this has led to different, uh, different areas of Christianity that teach different things. All we do as apostolics is we go back to the beginning. What did the apostles teach? That's what we believe. This matters when you're a P7 leader. Now, I'm not saying you got to come into your P7, and I don't recommend coming in all, you know, steady day one preaching apostolic doctrine. That's not what I'm saying. But you as the leader, you better know what you believe. You as the leader, there's a reason that we have written lessons on love, on joy, on peace, patience, fruits of the spirit. There's a reason that we've intentionally done that. Because we want to get people together, and we want to, first of all, focus on our commonalities, things that that bring us together, not things that separate us. However, you know, of the 10 people that show up, you're going to notice the three, four people that are a little bit more interested, zero in on that person. That's your disciple. That's the people that you're going to target. Your P7 is not the, the, the time that you're going to fix everyone. P7 was never meant to be uh, the catch-all, end-all. Well, we're going to save everyone right in this moment, and you have to cram everything that they're going to learn in that moment. No, 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 no. That's not what we're doing. We're bringing people together. But you as a leader, you got to know. You got to have a foundation. What, what do the apostles do? 
The apostles taught repentance. That's what the apostles taught. The apostles taught repentance. They taught being baptized in Jesus' name. They, they taught being filled with God's spirit, being full of the Holy Ghost, walking in God's spirit, walking in a lifestyle of holiness and righteousness. And they taught separation. If you're up for that journey, guess what? You're cool being apostolic. You can be apostolic by saying yes to those things, saying yes to the journey that God is calling you to. We have, we have to have a foundation. Remember that, that heating system I told you about below, below the surface level? When I first heard that, that Lambeau Field did that, it just blew my mind. You know what temperature grass freezes at? 55 degrees. And so at the root level, they keep the roots, uh, the root system of the grass above 55 degrees. So it's never going to freeze when they got that thing turned on. When it's, when it's cold, when it's those bitter days up, up in Canada, up in the in north here, you just, I don't even know if the Holy Ghost can move in those days. I mean, it gets cold. Imani, you know what I'm talking about. Negative 20 degrees, come on now. You just, like bitterness, I mean, I mean, I could preach right on that right now. Woo, Imani's feeling it right now. There's some days I want to move to Louisiana so fast. I want to move to Texas so fast. Whew. Anyway, so here's what I want to say, though. When it's negative 10 spiritually in your home, when it's, when it's sub-zero spiritual tempers in your, temperatures in your school, guess what? Paul wrote to the church and he said this, Walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Galatians 5.16 for the flesh is contrary. Everyone say contrary. Come on, say it out loud. Say contrary. The flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit. And the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. So they're in conflict with each other. Your flesh and your spirit are in contract. Uh, in, in a, not contract. Hopefully not contract. In contrast with each other. So we go to, over, over to Acts chapter 2. And the day of Pentecost had fully come when they were together in one, one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting. There appeared unto them cloven tongues as of fire. Fire. And sat upon each one of them. They were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues. When they were filled with the Holy Ghost, what came out of their mouth sounded different. Everyone say contrast. Immediately they were put in contrast to the world around them. When they were filled with the Holy Ghost, their behavior made them look different. Their, the words that came out sounded different. They were immediately put in contrast with the world around them. When we're walking in the Spirit, when, we're, when we have the fruit of the Spirit or the evidence that we're walking in God's Spirit, yes, when we're filled with the Holy Ghost for the first time, the initial evidence is we are going to speak with tongues that we have in a language that we never heard before. That's a biblical fact. That being said, when we're continuing that journey, when we're walking in the spirit, there's fruit or byproducts, evidence that we're continuing to walk in the spirit. So when it's normal for the whole class to hate the teacher, when it's normal for your whole class to hate each other, what you're, you're immediately put in contrast. You are, you are operating in love, immediately in contrast. So when it's normal for everyone in your school to be plagued with depression and anxiety, and not do anything about it, you can walk that same journey, 
but here's what you're doing. You're producing what's contrast to the world. You're producing joy. You can still walk in a journey of anxiety and be plagued with that. But because you're walking in the spirit, you can navigate that differently. So your journeys put in contrast to those in the world. When you're at Chick-fil-A and it's taking longer than normal, come on, somebody. Mm. Lord, help me. And you prayed, Lord, help me be patient today. Mm. Don't ever pray for patience. I'm just tell you that right now. to people. I've, I think I've said this on a, on a Zoom call and I'm going to say it again. I think my uh, internet was a little stable. Can you hear me okay? Okay, we're good. Call me crazy, but you can disagree with someone and be nice. We can stop the Zoom call right there. You can disagree with someone and be nice about it. Dylan, see you later. Have a good night. <laughs> you can disagree with someone and be nice, all right? So you need the fire of the Holy Ghost, the power, the evidence of the Holy Ghost. We're actively working in your life if you're going to be an effective leader in your school. You have to be. Because if you're just like everyone else, you're not going to be put in contrast to anyone. So, oh, yep, that's Seth. He's, you know, just one of the, one of the crew. So the Holy Ghost, when you're walking the Holy Ghost, you immediately are in contrast. Now, remember how I told you the grass was stitched together with synthetic fibers that, that uh, stitched together and make, give it more strength? Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus, and he encouraged the body of Christ with these words. And he himself gave, uh, um, let me just see here, Ephesians 4.11. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Everyone say this with me. I, say this after me, I play a role. Say, I play a role. Now, you may be super, you know, awesome, and you may have super awesome roles like Imani, and you can, you know, do everything, and everyone looks up to you. Your role might look different, though, and you have to be okay with that. Some of you on this Zoom call might be incredible worship leaders. You might be incredible musicians. Some of you may not be able to carry a tune in a, in a, in a jar, um, but that's okay. You have to be okay being used inside the local church, inside your local P7 in different ways. I've seen P7 clubs where there's, there's one leader, and then there's a bunch of other people that are just there, and they don't do anything. And everything falls on that one leader to do everything. That's not how P7 should run. I believe there should be a consistent voice with teaching. I don't believe you should have 17 different speakers in a month. I think you should have some consistency in teaching. Um, but th there's a lot of different ways that you can pull in people so that you're working in unity with other people, but they're involved. Have someone bring uh, food one day. Have someone take attendance one day have someone lead, you know, start off with a game one day, do something, do something different, but you can be joined together and it can be stronger. Ephesians 4, uh, 15, but speaking the truth in love, 
may grow up in all things to him who is the head, Christ, from the whole body, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share. Watch this. Causes growth. Being knit together, joined together, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Satan is not more scared than when the church is unified. Satan is terrified when your P7 club is walking in school in unity. When, when there's division in your P7 club and you're mad at the other leader and you're, you're not going to speak next week because he forgot snack this week and all of a sudden we got these little tiffs between each other, guess what? The enemy is applauding you. Because a divided P7 club will never be stronger. A divided P7 club will never be as strong as it, as it should be. A divided P7 club, you can only get so much done. But when your P7 club is walking in your school in unity, Satan is running. He's scared. It terrifies the devil. The enemy has, has a very clear motive. He has a very clear job. John 10.10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, destroy. That's his, that's his motive right there. So if you're wondering, um, you know, what, what is Satan's attack going to be on me today? It's going to be something to kill you steal from you or destroy you he and sometimes the enemy uses just enough facts to get your attention hey i know what you did last week hey i know what you said last week i know who you dm'd last week i know what you texted last week and he uses just enough facts to get your attention but when we say when we listen to this he will use this information to tell you and convince you you can't grow you can't have an effective P7 club. It doesn't make sense because you have this history. You have this past. You can't do this. You can't grow. It's 10 degrees outside. Grass doesn't grow in 10 degrees. Grass stops growing when temperatures reach below 55 degrees. Remember the grow lights I told you about that tricked the grass into thinking? When the only thing that makes sense is pain, I feel, I feel God's spirit so strong right now. When the only thing that makes sense is bitterness, when the only thing that makes sense is depression, David said, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. John wrote, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made. In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. That light shines in the darkness, and the darkness will not overcome it. It's, it's 10 degrees outside, Seth. Grass can't grow here. Yes, it can. Yes, it can. You can grow. We got a spiritually dead youth group. You can grow. We got a spiritually dead home. I have parents that aren't in church. It's a spiritually dead home. You can grow. You can grow. When the enemy is using just enough information to get your attention and he lies to you, he says, you're not good enough. Combat that with the word of God. God's word says, hey, you know what? I'm a, I'm, I'm a, a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. 
Satan says you're not good enough, but guess what? You are. Satan says God gave up on you. Anyone ever heard that before? I've heard that before. God gave up on you. God's word says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for good. Plans for good and not evil. To give you a future and a hope. There were times where Satan has lied to me and said, you're worthless. You are worthless as a leader. You are worthless as a Christian. God's word says you are bought with a price. You are bought. You are purchased with a price. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You do not have to look like your surroundings. You can grow. It doesn't make sense for some of you to grow. You know why? Because you're human. And I know I'm speaking to just enough people here that statistically, there are other people like me that have divorced parents. There are other people that have had addiction issues. There are other people that have had turmoil in their, in their life. There are other people that have, have secretly struggled behind the scenes with, an, with uh, either an addiction or, or anxiety or depression, and no one knows about it. I'm here to tell you tonight, you can grow. You can grow. Don't listen to the lies of the enemy. Stop giving him attention. You can grow. I've felt such, such passion, burning passion, speaking this tonight, because the enemy has, has had a field day in some of your heads. He's had, a, he's had a, a field trip all year long already. It's, already. it's two months into the year, almost three months into the year. And already he has convinced some of you on this call, you should just give up now. You should just stop giving up. You should, you should stop reading your Bible. You, you said you were going to read every day, and you didn't read but three days this year. Don't give up now. Don't give up now. Maybe you're on this call tonight, and you haven't actually started that P7 club yet, and the enemy is saying, you know what? You should just give up now. Give up now? There's like three, there's like three full months left of the school year. It didn't, I mean, it wouldn't matter if there's three days left of the school year. Whether or not you can start a P7 club, according to the school, is irrelevant. God has given you a mandate to make disciples. And you can make disciples anyway. I'm not so you know, naive or arrogant to think that P7 is the only way to make disciples in a high school. I don't believe that. I do believe it's one of the most organized and strategic ways that you can make disciples in your high school. But you get together one other person and you talk about the word of God. Guess what? It's a P7 club in my book. Get together, talk about God's word. You can grow. There are, I could say, there's been uh, other P7 Zooms where I've talked about some, some uh, testimonies in our, in our uh, youth group and in our, um, in our hyphen group. Our, our youth and hyphen is just like plagued with people that um, have come out of uh, other lifestyles. They've come out of sin. They've come out of uh, the world. And all because of P7 clubs, all because of people just like you witnessing. I'm talking teachers that came down to the front, lifted their hands up, tears coming down their eyes, filled with the Holy Ghost, because they said, they made this statement, teacher made this statement. If the, if the, uh, if the student is like this, this is, the, this is a, a P7 sponsor, said, if the students are like this, my goodness, what is the church like? What is the church like? This was a middle schooler. Her name was Aaliyah. 
She was leading a P7 club and the teacher was quietly grading papers behind the scenes. What she didn't know, what Aaliyah didn't know was the teacher was listening every week. She, she looked like she was grading papers, but she wasn't. She was listening to that P7 club every week. Mrs. Cody came to church. She was filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name. She brought her husband. He was filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name. This was, this was about four years ago. I was at the altar probably about six months ago, desperately needing a word from God, desperately needing a touch from God. Yes, I'm a student pastor. Yes, I'm a P7 director, but I need a touch of God too. I was dealing with a lot in my family. I was dealing a lot with, with a whole lot of situations that was going on. And a man came up to me. He laid his hands on me, speaking in tongues, and he spoke a word of faith over me. You know who that was? That was the teacher's husband. That day, I needed a word from God. And it came from someone that was won by a middle schooler. Don't tell me you can't grow. I've seen too many middle schoolers light their school on fire for Jesus to tell me that middle schoolers can't make a difference. You can grow. I want to pray over you guys tonight. And I, I do want to open this up for, for some, um, some Q&A. I want to hear all your questions. I want to answer as many as we can in the next 20 minutes because I want you guys to run incredible, effective P7 clubs but I want to pray for the power of God to help you to see his spirit that's inside of you right now in the name of Jesus. I pray God that you would help every student, every adult that's on this call to see how powerful they are. I pray Lord that your spirit would enable them and equip them God to be strengthened every single morning when they get up. I pray Lord that you would help them to see how valuable they are to your kingdom. Right now I come against every attack of the enemy I come against the attack of the enemy on their minds, on their families, on their hearts. I speak truth in the name of Jesus. I rebuke every lie of the enemy. I reject the agenda of the enemy to kill and steal and destroy. And I loose the truth of your word. I loose your anointing on every student that's here. I loose your power in the name of Jesus. I believe that we're going to see revival in every P7 club. I believe that we're going to receive, see revival on every high school, middle school campus and college campus where there's an apostolic student. I believe that. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would help these students to see that as well. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I'm going to turn this over to uh, Imani, and we're going to have some Q&A right now. So gear, gear up for your questions. And no question uh, is, is dumb. No question is, is silly. Uh, so ask your questions, and we want to hear about it. Yes, we're going to do some Q&A here on this call. I I just want to tell all the young people, the students you're here on this call tonight. Again, if you have any question you'd like to ask Brother Boyd, um, type it in the chat. We're going to answer them. But I want to say something. Don't usually do this, but I um, um, I don't know if you guys know um, how much it um, takes to um, minister while in pain. And I just want to commend you, Brother Boyd. Uh, for ministering to us tonight and at the end of this call I, I, I just if you guys after we're done the Q&A if we could just stick on we'll just say a prayer over him and his family one more time um, because what it takes to minister in in a broken spot <laughs> in a tough spot sometimes not easy <laughs> I know it and so thank you so much for flowing through the Holy Ghost and wow just so impactful and passionate wow so we're gonna pray at the end but if you got any questions guys um, type it in the chat let us know 
any questions regarding Project 7, any questions regarding your club and your school, uh, maybe some obstacles you're facing. We'll give it a few minutes here. We got we got 19 minutes here. We got some time. So we'll give it time. You can type it to the everybody here in the public chat, or you can type it privately to myself and uh, or Brother Boyd himself in the Zoom chat, and, and we will the questions will be answered by Brother Boyd. So any questions uh, with P7, your club, go ahead. One question that's come in already is awesome. Um, how do I how do I witness to people that are different denomination than me in my school? This is a question that we get asked a lot, and um, I'm going to answer it in a couple of ways. Um, first of all, um, sometimes this comes up with uh, other clubs. There there could be like a fellowship of Christian athletes or a first priority or another Christian club in your school. Um, I just want to tell you, these people are not your enemies. Uh, when there's a, when there's a, uh, anyone that proclaims the name of Jesus, anyone that proclaims to be a Christian uh, of any denomination, they are not your enemy. Okay. If anything, we need to be partnering with them and uh, trying to make a difference in your, in your school for the name of Jesus. It's not a place for us to try to debate and make these our enemies so that we can try to prove how right we are with a bad spirit, wrong spirit inside of us. Um, so how do I witness to someone that is a different denomination than me? For starters, I just want to, I want to say this, you may have someone in your school that, that has different, they may disagree with your, with your theology. They may disagree with your, uh, with your doctrine, the doctrine that you ascribe to, but don't let them, uh, don't let them take root at your attitude. We should never have people that say, well, I don't really want to go to that church because he's kind of a jerk. And um, you could totally have the right scripture with the wrong heart and lose that person, not because of the scripture, but because of you. And um, so my encouragement is find things that you do have in common with them. Start by focusing on that and develop a relationship with that person. So you may have someone, uh, Project 7 is an apostolic club. We're not denying that at all. You may have someone that is, uh, that's a devout Catholic. Catholic and apostolic viewpoints doctrinally are very different in some ways. But you know what? There's a whole lot in the Bible that we agree on. There's a ton in the Bible that we agree on. Me and uh, us and Catholics, we agree a ton on a lot of things. I was just at a... Uh, um, this last year I was at a, um, uh, a right, a right to life rally with a bunch of Catholic people and they were fighting for, um, uh, to defund P Planned Parenthood in our city. And they're fighting for women to have, uh, free, um, uh, STD testing to have free tests for ultrasounds to, in order to save babies. And I'm like, you know what? I support that. And I went and rallied with them. Guess what? We didn't talk about anything doctrine. I didn't know most of them, but we, we partied over that because you know what? Jesus loves babies too. And, and I, that was something that we agreed on. So because of that, I developed some friendships with some other people. Um, so you don't have to come out, you know, right out of the gate and say, Hey, my name is Seth. I'm an apostolic. I disagree with you. Develop a friendship with someone, show them that you actually care about them as a human being. 
not just trying to convert them. Uh, the goal is, yes, to seek and to save that which is lost. But in order to make a disciple, you got to make a friend. If you can make a friend, you can make a disciple. I love when Imani was in high school, let me tell you this. He had a very large P7 club, and he ran his P7 club. Uh, he made it his own, and it was awesome. But week in, week out, he was behind the scenes talking with people and, and getting to know them, not just saying, hey, come to my P7 club, but he was like, hey, how's that math test going? How, how's the, the prep work for college going? And he was getting to know people. And when we, how, how do I witness to people of different denominations? You love them like crazy. You get to know them. And when you can get to know someone and love people like crazy, then you can have an honest dialogue and a conversation. And, and maybe they don't really know what they believe. They just go to that church because that's where they were raised and they don't really know what they believed. And so all it would take is a, is a, you know, a Bible study with you and the light turns on, but without that, that, that foundation of a relationship, that conversation may have never happened. So that's how we, we get, you know, into people's worlds and we, we witness to other people of different denominations for sure. That's awesome. That's amazing. There are like questions just like flooding. Like, I don't know what happened. I don't know if you guys, <laughs> just, questions just came in like crazy here. So here's one that says, um, it's pretty serious. Um, how can I open up more? Um, I guess the individual saying they're introverted and because they're trying to get over years of bullying. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I believe that there are, there are natural tendencies all of us have. I am naturally an extrovert. I have no problem getting in people's worlds and, and, you know, being that guy, just ask my wife. I'm always talking to people. It's, it's unfortunate sometimes. Um, my wife is a natural introvert. I'm, I'm a, like when I'm around people, it charges me. Evelyn, my wife, when she's around a bunch, a bunch of people for a lot of, a lot of period of time, it like drains her battery. And so she has to go home and recharge. So we're like opposites in that way. That's, that's fine there are going to be natural introverts and natural extroverts. I do believe, however, that in order to be a disciple maker, you have to have some extroverted qualities. Now that doesn't mean you have to change who you are. However, there are some extroverted things that introverts can do. That's not going to be going crazy. Like it's, it's totally fine for me to like yell in front of a crowd. Like that doesn't make me, you know, doesn't make me, you know, squirm at all. But here's what an introvert can do. An introvert and extroverts can simply go first. You're sitting down with someone and you, uh, you're in a class with them and you don't know them. They're sitting next to you. Go first. Introduce yourself to them. Hi, my name's Seth. What's your name? Now, that might be harder for you. I get it. But everyone can do that. Everyone has the ability to do that. Um, so if you want to be a disciple maker, go first. That's a really easy way to start the conversation. Now, you're going to just have to get out of your box if you want to be a disciple maker, because in order to be a disciple maker, you have to use your words. At some point, you have to. It's just the, the bottom line. There's no, there's no easy way around it. You have to connect with people by using your words. Um, but once you go first and once you try it, God can give you strength. Walk in the spirit and God can give you supernatural strength. If you've ever heard of a, a, a guy named Joe Campatella, I think of him as one of the most crazy, awesome, super spiritual, loud, un, uh, unhinged, like this guy is crazy. 
but he he is actually one of the most introverted people you'll ever meet. Uh, if you if you've ever sat down with him, he'll tell you I'm a I'm a natural introvert. I do not like being around a bunch of people. But something happens when God's Spirit comes on me. I'm under the anointing. I have no fear, and so I believe that you can learn to be an extrovert uh, when it's needed. So, uh, good good question. Keep chasing it. You got this. That's awesome. Um, here's another question. It's saying, is it too late to start a P7 club considering it's too late in the year? Nope. So it, there might be some, some rules with your school. Your school may have a, a, a rule that, you know, it's too late to start a club officially with a school. Guess what? You don't need no school. You can still start a P7 club. You can start a P7 club in May if you want to. Now we'll st we'll stop registration during the summer, um, but as far as us, you can start a P7 club whenever you want to. You know why? Because a P7 club is just people hanging out talking about Jesus. That's all it is. So you can get together at lunch, you can get together after school, you can get together at Starbucks. There's some people that have their P7 at their house. So if it's too late in the school to start a P7 club, just go a different route. You can still start a P7 club. What I what I hate students to do is to say, ah, oh, the school said no, so I'm just not going to make any disciples this year. Oof. Don't want to do that. You, still wanna, you may not be able to do an official you know, school club, but you can still have a P7 club. That's right. You can just meet at lunch. You're just people hanging out talking about Jesus. That's all. Uh, you can get together at, at a coffee shop. So, so no, it's not too late. You still can do this. Amazing. Here's a question that is um, kind of uh, more serious. It says, um, the individual group, they, they live in a broken home and a heart that feels even more broken. How can I get myself right to be able to teach and effectively minister to other people while I'm, I'm, I'm hurting? This is, and you know what? I feel your pain. I do. I absolutely feel your pain. And I'm proud of you for asking the question. Um, a lot of people that are in pain don't like to admit they're in pain. A lot of people that are in pain try to hide their pain or mask their pain or cover up their pain or run from their pain by running to other things. Um, first of all, uh, you, you took the first right step by calling it out. I have pain. I, I'm in pain right now. Um, secondly, what, what can we do with pain? We can invite Jesus into that pain. He's got big shoulders. He can take it. And there are times where I prayed and I cried and I tried to figure out why did my parents divorce? Why did, why did that happen? My family wasn't supposed to do that. My dad was a pastor. You know, why did, why did that happen? I couldn't figure it out. I couldn't answer it. I couldn't explain it away. It just happened. But what I could do is I can invite Jesus into that pain. And I'd say this, Jesus accepted my invitation and he came into that pain. He worked in that pain. And he worked in me, but he also worked through people around me. And so I invited him into the pain, but I also invited other people into that. And I, there's something that I, that I preach to our, our youth group, and it's called true community. True community is different than like fake community. Fake community is, is like we know each other, but we smile and we nod. People don't really know us. They don't know what's going on in our hearts. True community is being fully known, fully loved, fully understood. 
people that know all our garbage. They know all the dirt. They know all everything about us. Get a couple of people in your life that you can have true community with. And maybe that's a pastor. Maybe that's a youth pastor, youth pastor's wife. Uh, maybe that's someone else in your church that you trust. Invite people into that. Allow God to work in your heart. Allow people in your life to work alongside you because uh, you going through emotional pain, the enemy wants to convince you that it puts you at a disadvantage. But let me tell you this, Jesus loves broken people. It actually puts you at an advantage because it makes you more, more uh, aware of the people around you that also might be hurting. It makes you more empathetic to people around you because you can also sense their pain too. Um, the, the enemy wants you to think only perfect people can lead. Only perfect people uh, that have, you know, God hasn't, you know, brought them out of anything. These are the people that, no, no, no. God wants a bunch. He used a ton of imperfect people in the Bible. Just read through the Bible once or twice. There's a bunch of messed up people that God used. Uh, and, and I'm one of them. I'm not in the Bible, but a messed up person that God has used. Uh, so uh, work through that pain with someone, with Jesus. Uh, but don't let it stop you. God wants to use that pain to make you an effective leader. That's amazing. And that's real stuff right there. And, you know, it's not easy to, maybe there's other people, you're going through some things. Um, I've been in that place many times. It's not easy to minister to a broken place, but as so excellently answered. And sometimes God does his greatest work um, out of a broken vessel. So sometimes I know those are cliche church terms we use, so it's easy to say it. It's harder to live it. So, you know, but um, here, here's a question. It says, I struggle with coming up with what I'm going to be teaching every week. I live in a very Mormon community in Utah. Um, and um, any suggestions? Um, yeah, I mean, that's a really great, great, great question. Um, I, I've been to Utah. Yeah, tons of Mormons out there. And um, I understand that there are some wildly different doctrinal beliefs with Mormons uh, and apostolics. Um, that being said, they can't deny your heart. If your heart is to uh, love them and see how you can serve them and be a part of their life and, and connect on the things that matter, connect on the things that, that you, know, uh, you have in common, get to know them, get to know their, their family, go out to coffee with them, try a new restaurant with them, get, get in their world. Uh, then you can have some honest conversations. Um, there was a young, a young lady named, uh, Kaylee that came to, um, that came to our youth group, um, uh, a few years ago. And, uh, she came from a Mormon, uh, background and it was the love and the connection that she felt with a P7 club that, um, she started attending a P7 club as a Mormon. And, uh, she was, just thrilled that she found other people that that were just good people and she connected with them really well she was involved you know in the school with them she had a couple of friends in particular that really witnessed to her um and she came to she came to a, a youth rally one night and i remember her vividly sitting in the front row and uh the preacher was talking about uh the the the, the man that jesus he had a crippled arm and jesus said stretch forth your hand. And he was talking about how 
that must have been really challenging for him because take your weakness, take the thing that you don't like the most and, and put it out there. And I remember looking over her, tears streaming down her face. I'm not sure if it was that night or another night, but she got the Holy Ghost and she was baptized in Jesus' name. Um, and so I, I, it's funny that you asked this, you know, with, with Mormons, I believe that God can do anything. I believe that God can absolutely do anything. Get to know them, love them, focus on the things that you have in common. And when you develop genuine relationships with them, God's going to open doors for you to talk about the things that, that are different. And you can just be as genuine and honest as you can. Do it with the right spirit. Do it with the right attitude. It's okay to disagree with, with you know, someone's doctrine and be kind. This is amazing. Um, last question here, and we're going to pray. Um, do you have, this is a good one. Do you have any advice for how to effectively introduce the topic of the Holy Ghost and the oneness of God in a peace heaven lesson? Yeah. Um, in my, this is where um, people have asked, do you, do you recommend talking about, you know, oneness or, or um, apostolic doctrine in a P7? I'm never going to say no to that question. If God puts it on your heart to talk about that, go for it. If God, you know, opens the door and questions uh, for you to talk about that, go for it. That being said, I, personally, with and I can't speak for your youth groups and your schools, but personally, I can speak for Appleton, Wisconsin, and uh, there have been a number of really strong P7 clubs in our area. The, the thing that has been most effective for us is for P7 to be a place where we bring together a bunch of people, sometimes with differing uh, belief systems, but when we, when we have one-on-one -on -one personal Bible studies and address these topics of one, the oneness of God, uh, baptism in Jesus' name, repentance, uh, being filled with the Holy Ghost, these are crucial conversations. And um, I don't want you to feel like you're, you know, on the hot seat when you've got, you know, 15 people asking you different questions and yeah, but what about this? Yeah, but what about this? It can make you, when you're in the hot seat, sometimes you can lose your spot and you can feel defensive. And I've been in that seat before and it's, it's not fun. Um, however, in a one-on-one -on -one conversation, you can have a more genuine conversation. That's just a conversation, not necessarily in a teaching manner. But if you're, if you're, you're feeling that with someone, we've got a resource right at p7clubs.com. That's a one-on-one -on -one Bible study. And it goes through the topic of, of uh, repentance, uh, water baptism, being filled with the Holy Ghost. So make sure to check out that resource on our website because uh, we want to arm you with the right tools uh, to have that conversation. So should you talk about, how, how do you go about talking about the Holy Ghost? One of the things that I love talking about with people that have never experienced the Holy Ghost is very simply this. Dude, it's 2022 and we have a modern day miracle. Because you were just speaking in English and then all of a sudden you weren't. All of a sudden you're speaking in a language that you never learned. Was it French or was it Spanish? It was a heavenly language that, that, that you didn't learn. No one can take that away from you. This is a modern day miracle. Are you kidding me? Like if all of a sudden I grew a third arm, you'd be like, whoa, that's nuts. Like how, how did that happen? But let's not forget that every day in our churches, in our homes and, and on Zooms, people are all of a sudden miraculously speaking in another language. Like we've become desensitized, I think, sometimes in the apostolic church that this is a miracle. And it's exciting. I get stoked talking about it. So 
um, there have been times where I don't, I haven't even started by the route of saying you need the Holy ghost in order to go to heaven because it immediately puts them on the edge. Like, wait, what you're saying? I'm not going to heaven. You know, we've gone down that road, that road before. I think some of you probably have, but let's talk about this. There's a free gift for you that the Bible says every, everyone that claims Jesus needs this gift. It's a gift. It's free. Why would you not want it? We're, even, we're not even going to talk about, is this necessary right now? We can talk about that in the future. This is a free gift, and it's super exciting. Why would you not want a free gift? How rude. Like, you bring, you, you bring a gift to a birthday party, and the person's like, I don't want that. This is a gift, and it's a miracle. So I always try to go, the when I'm talking about the Holy Ghost, the super exciting route, and it's a miracle. Because that is, you know, I, people could... They may say still kind of weird, but, you know, that's all right. Yes, that is an amazing, amazing insight. I think sometimes we're so quick to be black or white on things and, and just say the truth, and it, which is amazing. But it's how you say something that can sometimes disqualify someone and cancel them out to hearing the truth. So let's let's be careful how we share the truth and be wise in them. Guys, let's just let's, this has been amazing. Let's just pray over our director. For those who don't know, his his lovely daughter is going to be in surgery tomorrow, and came on and just blessed us tonight. And again, can't even imagine you know the what's going on in his mind and his face, wife. And let's just pray for them. Let's cover them. If you could just lift your hands and let's just pray for them and their family and and, and his daughter Elsie that God would just begin to to heal, to touch, and, and everything would flow well by the power of, of the name of Jesus Christ and, his, and, and the promises that he gives us. God, I pray for uh, this call tonight. Thank you for every person that has joined on this call. I thank you for every single soul that has decided to be a part and is impacted by the words that have been spoken. But God, tonight, more specifically, I'm praying for the Boyd family, God, who have poured into this movement through P7, God, who've poured their blood, sweat, and tears. Tomorrow, as their daughter goes into surgery, God, we plead the blood of Jesus over that surgery. God, we pray the peace of God over them tonight as they go to sleep. God, when the questions and the worries and concerns come, God, we pray that they'd be refreshed in your spirit, God. God, for everything they have done for your kingdom and more, God, we, we pray in Jesus' name, Lord, that the blessings of your name and the power of your spirit and all the promises that are in your word, tomorrow as they go into battle, as they go into that surgery, God, you would be with them. God, everything would flow well and it would go well and you'd give wisdom to the doctors and the peace of you know, your spirit will be even in that room. In the name of Jesus Christ, God, we rebuke everything of fear and worry and doubt. And we just pray, Lord Jesus, that everything would take place because you are a healer, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us on this P7 podcast today. We hope that you feel inspired to unlock your faith, unleash truth, elevate Christ, and serve others in your home, in your church, in your community, in your school. Uh, if you want more information about Project 7 Bible Clubs, uh, visit p7clubs.com, and we've got incredible resources ready for you right there.